know, the, uh, the famous sentence, uh, you build it, you own it, you test it, you deploy it. One thing they're not really doing is you secure it Screen. because security is still some kind of an afterthought and uh, security engineers are not sitting inside the engineer organization. Welcome to the DevSec for Startups podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for small businesses. My name is Jeremy Hess, head of developer relations at Aquilus, the secrets management SaaS platform. This interview podcast brings security experts and practitioners together to offer practical and actionable ways for startups to implement security best practices using shift left principles without interrupting developer life cycles. My latest guest is David Malamud. He's the CTO and co-founder at a startup called JIT, J-I-T We had a really great discussion about minimum viable security and how startups and small organizations can really introduce security in a lean and iterative way. Have a listen and let me know what you think. I'd like to give a very warm welcome to David Malamid, co-founder and CTO at JIT, a really cool startup that offers a continuous security platform that takes a minimum viable security approach. Now, David, before we get into a little bit more about JIT and yourself, can you give us a little bit of background? What is minimum viable security as it's known MVS? I know it's been written about for a while, but we haven't seen it implemented practically as much. Can you give us a little bit more detail about what MVS is? Sure. Uh, first of all, thank you, Jeremy, for having me uh, on your show. And uh, yeah, about MVS. So basically, if you're, if you're a fast-paced startup like, like us, um, when you're building a software product, uh, you want to add security easily. And the first thing you would do is typically go to internet and um, find a checklist or an existing standard. But the problem is that usually uh, this is big and you really don't know where to start. So the concept of MVS comes from the, uh, the original concept of MVP, uh, which is popular for the, uh, the product work, where basically you're building a minimum set of features that are needed to test the market ensuring that the business plan and the product are viable. It's done iteratively, and it's focusing basically on delivering a minimum uh, baseline value in each single iteration. So we believe that we can apply the same approach uh, to security uh, with the MVS concept, uh, where basically you need to start with some baseline, some bare minimum requirements, and uh, after that you iterate uh, in order to add more and more security. So instead of uh, starting with a big list of things, a bucket list of all the things you need to do in terms of security, because you're a startup and you don't have enough time to focus on that, you should only start with the minimum. And yeah. Okay, yeah, well, that, that's a perfect introduction, I think. And, and what we'll do is now, well, let's, let's hear a little bit about yourself. Do you want to give us a little bit of background about who you are, what you've done, and uh, what brought you to, to JIT? Sure. Um, so I'm David Melamed, uh, one of the five co-founders uh, and CTO at JIT, uh, the continuous security platform for uh, the for developers. And uh, I was born in France most uh, 44 years ago, um, holding a PhD in bioinformatics. I moved from France to Israel about uh, 13 years ago. I've got married and I have uh, four kids. Um, professionally, I've been working uh, for the past 20 years as a full stack engineer as a CTO, a technical uh, evangelist, mostly in the cloud and in particular in cloud security. Um, and I've been working for 
A couple of uh, leading companies so far, uh, MyHeritage, when I arrived in Israel, Klaglock, which was then acquired by Cisco, and where I led some uh, strategical and technical uh, project uh, for the CTO of the cloud security business. I'm also uh, very curious. I like sharing my knowledge, empowering people. And as part of this, I was part of a couple of uh, local communities like uh, the Python and uh, AWS once throughout the last couple of years. Oh, really cool. And so what was the impetus to get JIT started? What did you guys see was happening? And what was the problem you're trying to solve? Okay, so... Basically, and, and I've been um, living this situation over and over. Um, nowadays, everything when you're building a, a software is uh, is done towards uh, increasing velocity. Whether you're talking about microservices and microservice teams or CI/CD, everything is done in order to be able to get some really quick feedback uh, feedback loops with the with the market. And so. Um, in the past, for example, uh, you had QA that was uh, something that 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 didn't uh, people uh, uh, that were doing QA weren't sitting inside uh, the teams, the developer teams, and there were frictions. And so, what happened is that QA was included. Now it's complete part of uh, what the uh, microservice teams are doing. They're developing the the service. They're also testing it and supporting it. You know the uh, the famous sentence. Uh, you build it, you own it, you test it, you deploy it. One thing they're not really doing is you secure it it's because strange. security is still some kind of an afterthought and uh, security engineers are not sitting inside the engineer organization. And so there are all the time this, this game of catching up uh, with the uh, velocity and the deployments that are happening inside the organization uh, of the engineers. And... Um, Basically, that creates a lot of friction because um, uh, the requirements of security are uh, all the time arriving late and they're creating some kind of uh, overhead and context switching for the developers. And so um, the situation has been uh, going on for a long time. And even, even you're thinking of uh, trends like shift left, it's still not there yet. Still, the, uh, their initial requirements are done by security engineers. And so a lot of companies are trying, the progressive ones especially, are trying to think of a way to fix this issue. And like you in the past, they're trying to include and incorporate security inside the process of the, uh, developing the product. And so in order to do that, um, the uh, engineering organization needs to own the risk and needs to own the security and not being tied and dependent on an external uh, team for that. And that's why, as part of the MVS, what we believe is that um, the, um, the, the way to, to properly do that is that you need to start uh, lean and small, and then you need to improve uh, your security in a continuous way, like the, like the agile principles are doing, because everything here, uh, you, you don't want to, to add some overhead for the engineers, so you need to add security as part of the natural process. So because they're understanding agile, you need to do that in an agile way. So you start small and then you iterate. And also because you're talking to engineers, you want to automate as, as much as possible because you want to remove uh, the need to do things manual, uh, which is definitely an overhead. And finally, because you're talking to engineers, 
you also want to do that as code. So the security plan that is part of the uh, MVS approach uh, should be something that is as code from day zero because this is the way engineers are working and they want to customize it and everyone is uh, working differently. So these, these are a couple of principles that we uh, thought about uh, when we're thinking about, about this and this is what we're doing at JIT. Got it. Okay, really cool. Now, one of the questions I like to ask any cybersecurity company or developer security or security in general, as a security startup, do you actually eat your own dog food? Do you use your own platform when you're developing or when you're building your product? Of course. And uh, actually, it started on the first day with the first engineer. When uh, he arrived, uh, I was kind of thinking, okay, I want to build a product and a company where security is at the heart of what we do and not an afterthought. And so on the first day he arrived, I told him, okay, you're now creating your first microservice. I want also you to add CI CD on the first day. And he did that. The problem is that on the second day, when we added the second microservice, it, it wasn't the case anymore. And that's because it wasn't automated. And so the first thing we did actually as part of, of building the, the product is find a way to have uh, a centralized CI CD, or at least a, a way for us to be able not to think about adding CI every time you're adding a, a new microservice. And this is also at the basis of what we're doing uh, when we're adding security. We want to add those security tools in a central way so that you don't need, you need to think about it. A developer should uh, basically concentrate on his work and uh, as much as possible, we want to ease the fact that uh, he doesn't need to think too much about security because there are a lot of things around in the ecosystem that gives him the ability to test his code, uh, show him in, in a just-in-time manner, and that's what we're calling JIT, just-in-time manner, uh, the, uh, the security issues that uh, his code is, uh, is generating uh, or things that are misconfiguration in the cloud and things like that. So that's why uh, we build that in a central way. We are thinking that we, you want the, uh, the developer to be able to uh, concentrate on his work, but if you're giving him the proper context with the security findings that you're, uh, that all the tools are generating, then he will be able to uh, uh, to deal with them. Because I, I all the time hear the things that developers don't care about security. I don't think it's true. I think that some of them don't know too much about security because they're not. It's not part of the uh, of the um, common knowledge when you're uh, when you're. Uh, uh, you know, when you're uh, learning a new, a new language, you're thinking more in terms of syntax, in terms of uh, libraries, but you're not thinking too much about uh, security. And also, developers are not uh, measured by how, how secure their code is. They're measured by the number of bugs or performance, but uh, rarely uh, people are checking uh, how secure their code is. So I don't think they don't care about security. I think that they're thinking of a lot of things and everyone wants to write secure code but just you need to give them the proper context and the proper information at the right time. And this is why, this is what we want to do at JIT. Great. Uh, well, actually that brings me to the next question because we were talking just now about how it's been difficult for developers in general to think about security from the beginning. And you know, on that same vein, why do you think it is that security is still so hard and, and not really developer friendly until now? I think that's mainly security is so hard because there are so many things you need, you need to uh, think about. 
And um, I think it wasn't developer friendly until now because most of the tools are not targeting developers. I mean, until the shift left trend, most of the security products are meant for security engineers and not really for developers. And so uh, basically because now everything is turning as code and, and uh, people are trying to uh, target developers, they're thinking a little bit differently. It's not there yet. Uh, even the tools today are not thinking too much about how they can incorporate, how they can integrate themselves in the regular flow that developers are, are uh, using every day. For example, uh, making sure that the results are, um, are returned into the PR and not in a separate dashboard. Um, so there are other things that needs to be done yet for most of the security products, but we're, we're getting there. I mean, uh, more and more people are, are, are understanding that um, at the end, the code and the product is in the hands of the developers. And so we need to help them uh, to get better at security instead of trying to help the security engineers catching up with the developers. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, being in, in a cloud native uh, world these days, uh, how do you think that security will be able to keep up with those engineering cycles that you know are it's constantly moving, constantly changing? I think that at the end, uh, if we're uh, getting ahead and moving forward in this everything as code trend, um, it will it will get better and better um, because if you can uh, modelize everything as code, you can more easily analyze things. For example. Uh, when you're thinking of infrastructure as code, um, it's, uh, there are tools today that can detect security misconfigurations way before you, de you deploy that into production. Until now, you had, for example, to uh, call all sorts of uh, API in AWS to ensure that your infrastructure is secure, and maybe sometimes it's too late. But uh, if you're adding uh, those tools and you're, and you're as part of the shift left trend, if you're uh, testing your code that uh, is the plan of what you want to deploy in production, then um, it's actually easier. It's easier to build tools for that and also easier to catch things earlier. So I think that um, if you can um, add more and more tools inside the CICD uh, pipeline and before you get to production, um, the fact that you have more and more tools that are uh, checking the code and inspecting things statically allows you to have uh, a, a better uh, grasp at security and help developers uh, develop uh, things more securely. Absolutely. That sounds sounds like a, a good plan. And uh, it really, I guess, at the end of the day, it becomes more of an implementation issue, right? I mean, it's, it's a lot of time and effort that goes into all these different things, right? So yeah, how does a company, a startup especially, who's really focused on their MVP, focus more also on MVS? So basically, and this is also one of their of our key principles that um, you want you want to add minimal overhead for any startup. Um, as a concept, you would like to just like add one uh, line of code, include security, and that's it. I'm done. Uh, basically, we're, we're starting with the same concept that um, if you're installing, uh, you know, our GitHub uh, application, where we know about uh, your environment, 
and we're providing you with uh, this MVS plan, this uh, minimal viable security plan, uh, something you can start with. And just by, by committing your plan like you would commit your code, um, we're installing ourselves, integrating ourselves in uh, all sorts of uh, all the different layers that your product security uh, requires. For example, we can uh, integrate ourselves in your CICD uh, by, uh, by, for example, adding some GitHub Actions there. We can integrate ourselves um, in your uh, pipeline by checking that uh, you know you have enforced your GitHub MFA. You can we can integrate ourselves uh, with the runtime and making sure that your AWS infrastructure is uh, working correctly and it's not misconfigured. And you can think of a great number of things that you you need to check there. Uh, we can also integrate uh, with your code. Um, we'll also. Uh, thinking of um, managing processes, for example, one of the things that is um, often um, uh, overlooked is the fact that uh, when an employee leave, leaves, you need actually to, uh, to manage your process of reporting. Yeah. Now, in many startups, this is done basically in some kind of Excel sheet, and that's it. And that's not a good way to, uh, uh, to make sure that you're not forgetting to remove the access from a, a former employee. Uh, to, to a service that is critical to your infrastructure. A random public key that's just sitting on a server. Yeah, I know, that... random public key. Uh, there, there are all sorts of best practices. Uh, same, same thing when you're uh, bootstrapping your AWS infrastructure. I've been looking, searching online for, uh, uh, for a couple of hours how to do that properly. Um, because I believe that um, when you start something, you want to do it in a great way. Now, you don't want to spend hours or weeks to find the proper template to do that. Most of the of the uh, uh, tutorials I found were not as code, so uh, it was hard to implement and to reproduce. Uh, or I can I can uh, interpret that uh, in different ways, and so uh, I believe that if you can provide uh, startups with some um, you know uh, basic templates to uh, secure your AWS infrastructure and a basic set of tools to check your uh, code inside the CI/CD. And uh, making sure that your, uh, you know, your uh, uh, pipeline is secure. If you start there and everything is automated, it shouldn't be a, a big burden to add it and add it on the first day, because otherwise you're just uh, accumulating security debt that you need to, uh, yeah. uh, to uh, at some point to, to pay in order to, uh, you know, um, be able to comply to some security standard at some point. So. I think that if you know how to manage your debt, and I'm not saying that you need to, uh, to do everything on the first day, but at least you need to, to know what needs to be done. You have some kind of roadmap, like you have a roadmap for your product. You need to have a roadmap for security. And, um, and so if you want to uh, invest a little bit of time every time, uh, every week you're investing at two hours, make sure you invest them in, in the best uh, places, in the most critical places. And that's why we want to provide you with a minimal plan at first. And then of course, it's, it's, not, it's not only the beginning, right? Security is a journey, it's not destination. So I know that it sounds worse to uh, minimum and security in the same sentence, but it's only, it's only a start, right? Uh, you need to do that iteratively. Uh, otherwise you will just be overwhelmed by the number of things you need to do. Uh, and, then you, and then you, and then you co potentially compromise on the product itself, right? So you yeah, definitely need a balance. Yeah, uh, take a look, for example, at the uh, the SOC 2 list, right? It's maybe, I don't know, 200 items. 
where should I start, right? Um, so uh, when I talk to, to different uh, people in the industry, everyone is saying, it was saying something different regarding where, what he did uh, for his product. All, all startups, right? They didn't have time to invest, but everyone knew a little bit what needs to be done. The problem is that the roadmap was only in the head of the CTO, which is definitely something that is not good enough. Where is the transparency for the rest of the organization? So this is why I believe that uh, if you're starting with a plan and a plan that can be shared with the rest of the organization, then uh, you'll be able to manage correctly your security. Absolutely. Yes. It's always great to plan ahead, I guess. And uh, that's if we're focusing on, on planning, then we're, we're, on the, we're definitely heading in the right direction. Now, before I get into some practical tips that you could give us, which we could actually use, I like to go a little bit higher level and... Uh, do you think you could give us a couple of you know interesting trends that you're seeing in general in terms of the security ecosystem? Sure. So I think that one of the trends that are uh, really uh, one of the most interesting one is the shift left trend, and uh, so basically the ability to uh, test your your code and making sure that you find your uh, security issues before uh, they get deployed uh, in the cloud. And the other would be uh, that everything now it turns into code. Um, so you have security as code, policy as code, for example, OPA, so Open Policy Agent has been very popular uh, lately in the cloud native world in order to be able to manage the policies. And I think that um, in, in the same way, and this is why, this is the reason why we want also to provide the plan as code. I think that at the end, uh, developers have the key uh, to, to the realm, right? They, they, the product security will be in their hands. And so everything that can be codified uh, will be easier to manage, will be easier to, mod to modify. Uh, the GitOps principles also are something that is very strong. And that's why uh, we also comply to that. So everything should be stored in Git and so that you can have auditing, you know exactly who committed what, you have versioning, uh, all the things that, that are really uh, and, and central to security. Um, so I believe that these are the, 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 the couple of, uh, of trends. I would add another trend that uh, we're trying to, uh, um, uh, to promote. And instead of, of, of thinking of shift left, we would like the born left, meaning that um, basically when you start a new project, it should be already secure from the zero. And that's what we're trying to achieve here by providing something that is so simple that you just need a couple of clicks to get going. Right. Yeah. That sounds like a great, uh, a great way to take shift left and shift it even more left. Although we're, there's a lot of talk here about how much more left can you shift at this point? But uh, look, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if we get to day zero, then, then security wins finally. Right. I mean, that's, you know, we could stop uh, hopefully some of the, uh, leaks and, and attacks that have uh, been plaguing some of the large organizations lately. So uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, uh, so now, now that we're, you know, basically at the end of the, the show here, uh, I'd love to get a couple of practical tips that you think startups uh, and developers uh, within those startups can put into practice today to bring them to a start of, you know, what, what would be minimum viable security? 
Sure. So uh, there are a couple of things uh, I can think of, and uh, if we're starting with the with the code layer, we're trying to uh, uh, to talk about different layers in you know, the code, the pipeline, the runtime, um, and the processes. If we're thinking about about code, I think that one of the most critical things that any uh, any developer should should take care of is making sure that he's not committing uh, hard coded secrets, and um, if you're if you're thinking about that, everyone will say, oh, of course, I'm 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 not uh, uh, committing any hard coded secret." But it's so easy to actually overlook that and by mistake commit them. So I believe that uh, there should be at least something in the CI/CD that is making sure that your uh, um, your secrets are not committed and not deployed to production. And before that, even even better, you have some uh, some pre-commit hook on your own machine. So that uh, even in the first place, things are not committed, uh, because one is committed, it's not it's not uh, enough to just uh, remove that from the code. You will need first of all to scrap that from the Git history, and beyond that, uh, you also need to recycle your secrets, right? So it's not something minimal. So definitely uh, better uh, make sure that you're not committing it in the first place. Uh, that would be the, th the the first thing. The second thing. It's really tied, actually, to, uh, to what we, we've been hearing uh, lately with the log4j uh, vulnerability. And I would say it's, it's making sure you're scanning your uh, third-party dependencies. Um, and, and it can be, there can be multiple uh, sources of vulnerabilities uh, in third parties. First of all, it can be that there are really a, uh, a new dependency in your code that has some, uh, some security uh, uh, issue that just has been found. So it's not enough to just uh, uh, scan that once. You need to scan that all the time. Um, but also, there's also this new trend of uh, you know, typo squatting. Um, a lot of uh, uh, malicious actors are trying to introduce um, uh, you know, malicious packages that has just a misspelling in the name. And so uh, it's really important to just make sure that you're scanning all the time your dependencies, uh, because if you're if you're making sure that your code doesn't have any dependencies and then you're adding any vulnerabilities and then you're adding some dependencies that do, that do then, uh, well, you just uh, left the door open to, uh, uh, to big troubles uh, ahead. Uh, I will also say, yeah, I also say that um, MFA is something that is minimal and very easy to add. So making yeah. sure that you're adding that to your email, uh, to your AWS infrastructure, to your GitHub account, same thing here. Uh, otherwise, you're just leaving the door open to uh, to malicious actors to introduce, uh, uh, you know, uh, fast uh, and uh, something really bad in your code, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think MFA is is pretty much becoming, you know, almost built in standard these days. Uh, any sort of IDP as well. It's it's this kind of it's now seen as if you don't have it, then, you know, what are you doing, right? You're not even, you haven't even started. You really need to have that implemented really day zero. Otherwise, you know, how, how do you grow and how do you make sure everything's under the, the same umbrella? So. Yeah, exactly. And in the same, in the same, uh, the same way, I think that um, the trend also, we're talking about trend. One of the trends is the passwordless trend, right? Uh, no one, no one wants to uh, build a new product with uh, you know uh, email and password anymore. Uh, you have the social login, you have passwordless yeah. uh, uh, way to uh, uh, to connect. I think that's also something that uh, at some point password will be something antique that no one wants to deal with, right? I feel like we've been saying that for 
30 years, yeah. 40 years, yeah. maybe. Well, Everyone wants to get the passwords. It, it, it has to happen at some point. So we're looking, for, we're looking forward to that day. Every, every security engineer, every, everyone is looking forward to the day where you can actually get to that level. David, thank you so much for your time. Uh, good luck with JIT. We look forward to hearing more and uh, hopefully we will have you on again in the future. So for now, thank you very much and have a really great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.